one of the things that God said to me um, when I retired was, it doesn't matter what you do, it's what, as long as we're doing it together. And uh, sometimes that can be something that's a bit challenging. Sometimes it's a lot of fun. And uh, this one was a lot of fun. So uh, um, do you want to press the thing? Because that kind of... Before we went, Gabrielle brought us this word. It's Gabrielle um, Caldera. Uh, I felt like God was saying for your trip to Zimbabwe that you're going to be filled with God's joy. A joy that is uncontainable and everywhere you go, people will see something different in you and they will feel something different around you. And everyone you meet will latch on to it and it will be contagious. And I think we have to say we're just so grateful for God because that is what happens. Um, within the team, there was amazing harmony. Some of the girls had to share um, a room, six of them in a room for four nights, was it? And I th- Pardon? Yeah, I know. And I thought about that afterwards. I thought, grief, you know, if I'd like to share with some of them, they'd drive me around the bends. But they, they did. <laughs> they, <laughs> absolutely amazing. Amazing thing, time together. Um, just before, so this is the team. Um, two people missing. Naomi's missing. Um, she's still in South Africa. And Harriet's missing because she's still in South Africa. And we didn't forget them. Um, they actually went on holiday um, after we'd been on the way back, so they're coming back in about a week's time. Uh, just wanted to show you something, uh, just to catch the flavour now, just for the children as well, of, of what, what we met and what we encountered when we went. This was actually Lawrence's church. That's just an expression of what we found when we got there. And I think I had a little sense that there was a richness in that place. And I kind of think what God's done is just, we're just going to come back. We took a few things off the table, and we're just going to bring them and just, just present them to you in terms of the things that, that God was doing. Um, just, we started off in, um, not in Lawrence's church, which is Harare, which is up there, um, but we started, there's probably a laser printer there somewhere, isn't there? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, in Harare. And then... Um, we actually started down here in Bulawayo. Now, for people that want to know where we are, this is the UK, and it's 5,144 miles. So uh, we actually travelled over 10,000 miles in, in two weeks. And um, so we started at Bulawayo. We had a little break up there, and then, which is with George, a little break there, and then we went to Harare in Chittanguiza, um to be with Lawrence. And that's it. Team will come and tell us something now about how it impacted them. Can we, sorry, just to help the children, if you say our names. Can you yes. Hi, I'm Sue. Um, I was just flabbergasted to go on this trip this time, and I was impacted by the immense level of poverty that I saw because I haven't been there for 17 years. Um, And it really shocked me at the state of the roads and the poverty everywhere. I was also impacted by all my colleagues who went with me because I just saw that God did something amazing for all of us. We were just uh, stretched beyond comparison. You you probably wouldn't recognize some of these people if you'd seen them in Zimbabwe. God did amazing things in all of us. It was incredible. Hello, I'm Susan. 
Um, yeah, I was impacted by the servant heart of the people that were particularly at Willow Park where we went. Um, they just served us in the most amazing way, sort of at a real deeper level. <clears throat> and it was quite um, overwhelming. Yeah, that was amazing. Hello, I'm Alan. Before we went, Richard asked us three questions. Why are you going? What will you take? And what do you want to be like when you come back? Um, I sat here one morning and John was talking about mindsets and God put his finger on Zimbabwe team. I thought, no, I'm too old for that. But he, he put his finger on that. The second thing, what were we going to take? I just felt I wanted to love the people, encourage them and pray for them, which I had the opportunity to do. But I got all that back as well. I was prayed for, encouraged, and it was so great. The last, the last thing I wanted, to, wanted was to come back different, to know God that much more, and I certainly do. Hello, I'm Susan. <laughs> um, I was really struggling to know whether I should go on the team or not, and there was lots of practical reasons why I shouldn't. And then God just reminded me of all the adventures he and I used to go on when I was younger and said, let's do it again. And we had a fantastic adventure. It was, it was absolutely unbelievable. Um, again, how the team, how God used the team, but how um, the team almost transformed. I'm expecting a lot of things from the team um, going forward. Uh, one thing I did learn um, is that single-ply toilet paper is less than 50% effective than two-ply. So... Um, I'm Claire. Um, I was really struck by how faithful and good our God is because I wouldn't even have thought of going on this trip, really, apart from Phil signed me up for it. So, <laughs> but because of my young family and just the thought of leaving them, would have, I just wouldn't have thought of it. But, you know, God is so good. I was so sad leading up to leaving I felt, oh, I'm going to be so sad the whole time I'm there. I'm going to miss them so much. I'm going to find this really hard. They're going to be so sad because I'm away. <laughs> they weren't. <laughs> um, and God was so good because the whole time I was there, from the minute we left, I just felt a sense of God's joy. I didn't feel sad at all. I thought about them a lot, and Phil, obviously. But um, <laughs> I didn't feel sad. And God is so good and faithful because we had a word before we went about joy being a big part of this trip and not just for the people that we met with, but I really felt that for myself as well. I'm David. Um, I didn't go to the introductory session. My wife did, and then she told me that I ought to go. What, what struck me was everywhere was so green compared with 21 years ago when all was brown and dusty. Willow Park is lovely. There were thatched, detached rooms by a lake and the chatter of monkeys and the cry of birds and insects. George and his people were thrilled to see us. We were really welcomed well. And their worship, as you saw some of it um, just then uh, at the other place, their worship of God was so enthusiastic 
Some were dancing on the platform of the thatched meeting place at one point, and a lady called Happy pulled Alan Fitch onto the stage to dance with her, and then pulled me on the stage as well. They supplied bottled water regularly when we needed it, ice cold. The cooks were up at four o'clock to prepare tasty meals. It was just like home-cooked meals. And there was a good choice and variety of food, so we didn't need the chewy bars we were told to take. They even washed and iron our clothes. And they presented us each with a wrapped present at the end. Mine was a handsome carved wooden rhino and two colourful peahens. At the Sessa Conference Centre, where we were for another four days, there were handmade greeting cards um, in our rooms. And uh, Lawrence also supplied grapes and apples and plentiful ice-cold drinks. On the Saturday morning, when we went for the teaching and the worship, Portia asked how I was, and I said I got a bit of a jippy tummy. She said, oh, Martin Smith said bananas are good to settle the tummy. And within five minutes, a bag of bananas came along the row. <laughs> so I had one in the middle of worship, and it really settled my tummy. So I was really glad for that. <laughs> Um, but what really struck me was the, really impacted me, was a passionate praise of God, uh, of Lawrence and Paul's people, dancing uh, vigorously, and despite their material want and lack of things that we take for granted, um, that they were able to praise God, and they, they, they clapped really loudly, not like this, but like this but with a terrific rhythm. And uh, this was to make up for their lack of musical instruments. They, they sang much louder than we do with our musical instruments. And uh, that, that, that was just, it just spoke to me that, that despite their material lack, they were able to praise God so much and they were so happy and full of God's joy. I'm Anne, and I was really impacted, like other people, by the love that we were shown by people. And I've come back with a fresh sense of faith for things that God can do here, having seen what he's doing out there. I'm Jane. Um, I was really struck by God's um, provision through the people there, just as, um, as uh, David has mentioned, that they just continually brought us things and just showed us lots of love um, and just God's goodness in it all. And also the unity in the team. We just had like so much fun and we just kind of worked really well together. And as Anne said, my faith is expanded for what God can do. And I just feel like I just know him so much more from this trip. Yeah, I just have my go, yeah. Um, I think the thing that kind of impacted me was the time particularly I spent with George and with Lawrence, um, particularly with Lawrence. I, I just, we just connected, and I feel like he's a friend, and we're still WhatsApping, and I just felt there was something that God, God built there, and every opportunity we had to spend time together, we did. And uh, so that was one of the most exciting things for me. So um, in Bulawayo, we mix it up a bit. So uh, we would, the bottom corner here is the, the chapel where we would meet all together. 
and we would uh, often do teachings there. Uh, and then after the teaching, we would get off, break off into workshops, and we ran five concurrent workshops. So we were looking at God's Heart for Children, um, leading teams and team leadership, uh, discipleship. There was a health workshop run by, of course, Dr. Jane, um, and there was an effective communications workshop. But we also had, um, we had a number of monkeys that would come through the camp every morning, and they would jump on our roof about half past five, quarters to six every morning. Um, there were three in particular, weren't there, Claire? The first morning, I noticed three monkeys chasing each other, jumping and fighting, and so I decided to name them Malachi, Keon, and Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) The the monkeys, although cute to look at, were a bit of a nuisance. Uh, One lady had brought a whole big um, container of samosas, and uh, she left them out. Uh, and they disappeared very quickly. Um, funny enough, though, we didn't see the monkeys for about a day and a half after that. Uh, <laughs> maybe they were quite spicy. But, <laughs> but we had to make sure that our doors and windows were closed when we weren't in there because they were renowned for coming in and rummaging through your luggage to see if there's any food. Um, huh? What snake? That was Harari. That was... There's a head. I'll tell about the snake. Um, but the team have already said just how well George's team served us. They would be up at four o'clock every morning to cook breakfast for the whole camp for about a hundred people. And you know, some evening, one evening, we didn't finish till eleven o'clock, and yet they were still up at four the next morning to cook breakfast. They looked after us absolutely fantastically, and. Um, but the thing is, we did these workshops, and the workshops were a time when we would have probably up to about 20 people in a workshop, and two of us at a time, uh, so we split the whole team, so the whole team were involved in these workshops. And it was a brilliant time just to sit and listen to them and talk to them. While we were doing the workshops, a lot of interaction, a lot of getting to know all these other leaders that George has. George has got like a little network across Zimbabwe, so these leaders had come from all over the country for this conference and to hear their stories but also for them to hear from us and the testimonies that we were hearing about all of a sudden not only are we hearing what you're telling us but we're seeing it in action that last song that we sang about um words something about words and let my words be louder than my no let my actions be louder than my words or something like that was the the last song they were saying this is what we can see as we were doing these different things. So it was, it was really very, very good. <sighs> Who's next? Is it you? Well, it's Jane. Jane. <laughs> okay. Oh, <skipping> <laughs> okay. Um, so we really want to give you a flavour of what we were up to. Um, we talked about fun and joy being a big part of it. And actually, people really heard from God through a lot of the fun and the games that we did. Uh, as well as through the workshops. So Jane is going to lead us in a game. Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, so the workshops um, were a really good time to connect with the people um, and just get to know different groups of people more. And most of them had games in them, and it was really fun. Um, In the health workshop, it was myself, Alan, and Susan. And um, before we went, we received a nudge from God via Jamie, via Harriet, um, to kind of focus 
the workshop on mental health. So we spoke first about high blood pressure and diabetes and got to do a lot of blood pressures and found a couple people with kind of dangerously high blood pressure who will hopefully go on to seek medical help and treatment. Um, but we spent the second half talking about mental health and used testimonies and actually got to pray for healing for people. Um, and there was a lady called Rosemary who'd had an issue with her thyroid and an operation and that Alan's going to talk about. Yes, right at the, um, the end of the, the session which Jane took, um, we had about 20 people there and Jane said, would I, would I pray for the people? They all had different things happen. But there was a particular lady called Rosemary who had had surgery on, on her thyroid and there was pain around here. So I, I just, something unusual, I just prayed for the, the lot of them. And I was told off for being too noisy when I was praying. Um, and, and at the end, this lady, Rosemary, she, this pain, she said it completely gone. It was complete and God had healed her from the discomfort and pain. That was the first day. On the second day, um, when we started the meeting, Jane was was asked for one volunteer to come forward to show, to show them how the um, blood pressure cuff worked. So a young, young man, Ben, he was 21-year-old, lovely guy, he was the volunteer. So um, Jane put the pump on him, the thing on him, and I see her face drop when it went up to 179 over something. So we carried on with the meeting, which went on for another hour or more, then at the end, we took everybody's blood, blood pressure. So Jane one end, Susan the other. When Susan got to Ben, I said, stop a minute. So I'd like to pray for Ben. And we prayed, prayed for him. And then Susan took his reading, and it was 122 over something. So we just praised God for that. Is that okay? So... Um, one of the things that we looked at was covenant relationship <clears throat> and um, we were looking at the different aspects of what does it mean to be in covenant relationship and there was, uh, you know, there was commitment and serving and there was loyalty and we used this sketch to have a bit of fun but to get the point home. So if I get my batting amateur dramatist, yep. Yeah.
I just think one of the things that uh, when we first went on the, the night, I think there was a, to be honest with George, he, he, he wasn't quite sure, you know, we knew why we were there, but there was a kind of the way we do things is not the same way that George always does things at his conference. And he'd actually really thought quite carefully about who he was going to have there. And um, he brought together leaders. It was going to be a church conference, and he could have had us going in schools, but he felt, no, he needed to bring his leaders together. And so that's what he did. And this whole thing of, of covenant and covenant relationship was really a very key theme that not only were we, were we able to share on, but because of the way God graced us as a team, we were able to demonstrate. And um, right through the weekend, right through to the, the session, right through to the last session on, on commitment, um, which had a big impact on, on what it meant for them. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to just seeing the ways in which George is going to take things forward. Um, the welcome there was quite amazing, and the worship was just stunning. I mean, the background that the people were in there is just, um, when you look at their physical circumstances, what have they got to be, be rejoicing about? But there's people there that really sense and know God. And I remember on the, um, one of the nights, I was standing there, and I, and I just was sensing the Holy Spirit. And I thought, God, you're the same God as in London. You know, we've travelled 5,000 miles and you're still here. And, and the heart that's being expressed is the same heart. And, and, and this is it's just so exciting and so amazing just to know that sense and experience that sense of God. So we've got a one night, everything went a little bit wild. Um, but fortunately, someone got it on video. So we're going to show you. We talked about fun. This was fun. Okay, Phil spotted who was missing. <laughs> Did anybody spot who was missing? Yeah? Martin was missing. Why was Martin missing? Yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, that was just a measure. That was part of the welcome and part of the celebration. There was a real welcome of them wanting to be. And the fact that we were there at all had that level of impact. And um, the reason I actually... There's the serving again, some photos. You can see because of the light skin. Um, there's ladies doing our washing. They did our washing for us, but that's how they did the laundry. Um, they did the cooking for us, but those were the kitchens. They were just like a camp kitchen. And, and yet they, they actually chose to cook special food for us. I had a big argument with George saying, look, at the start, saying, look, we're not, we're not wanting this. We want to sit with the people. We want to eat with the people. He says, no, no, I'm not going to let that happen. Um, I want, we want to give you food that, that, that's, good, that's good for you, that you're comfortable with, and, and we want to honour you. And in the end, I had to make a decision, and I thought, okay, George, I don't want to deny you the opportunity of serving in the way that you want to serve us. So I gave in, and, um, and that was just an expression of the way that they were able to honour us and, and bless us. On the... Um, when I first went to Zimbabwe, the reason I went was uh, the kind of... Well, say the reason I went, because Avril asked me to go, but um, before she asked me, we, we actually had um, the, the new WAVE conference that, that happened, next WAVE conference. I went, bumped into George, because I haven't been to Zimbabwe for 17 years, and he turned around and he looked at me, and the first thing he says to me, now you can come back to Zimbabwe. And it really kind of... That kind of sat with me, and... Um, one of the things he said to us, he says, I need you guys. I need John, and I need you guys here. He says, I couldn't do this. I couldn't have done this without you. And, and there was a new place there where he was just looking to draw from who John is, the relationship with John. And we went on your behalf. You sent us, and John sent us, and we really sensed that while we were there. 
um, that sense of anointing that, that when we had things come up, we were able to thank God for WhatsApp, um, able to communicate, and people were praying. And we really sensed that sense of breakthrough. You know, sort of, I said to Jane at one point when she wasn't well, you know, we just called the big guns in there. And um, because we just knew that, that people back at home were just able to pray for her. Um, on the uh, Saturday night, John, George says, I don't want you to teach. We're not going to do any teaching tonight. He says, I want you to pray for everybody. And um, so there were about eight, nine churches represented there. I want you to pray for the leaders. So we had spent two hours from nine o'clock to about 11 o'clock um, just praying and prophesying over these, over these people. And um, the Holy Spirit was just there. There was one lady who she just stood there and we just prayed for her and nothing seemed to be happening. Um, not that we're looking for anything to happen, we're just bringing the word of God to her. And then she went to walk away and her legs just collapsed underneath her. And, and there was that sense of the Holy Spirit just ministering to people, bringing life, bringing faith. Um, in the same way as we see it here. You know, there wasn't anything different in terms of if we pray for people here, that's what we see happening. What was different was the number of people on this team that were prophesying and bringing words. And uh, that was a real breakthrough and a challenge, I think, and uh, in the sense of people just having to step out and Anne's choosing to step out and hearing God for the people and hearing God what was doing. Um, just quickly mention around the pictures, George, top left, in the middle is Josephine, his wife. Um, she's a real support. She's really somebody there that, and kind of is quite organised and gets things to happen. lady on the right is called Loveless, Loveness. And um, she, she's a lovely lady who's a real heart to serve. She was kind of administrating. She's kind of almost Avril and Debbie in one um, for George. And, and, and she just really served and supported. And she did a lot of translating, made sure everybody was in the right place at the right time. And, and just made things happen. Real, real tremendous heart. Um, lady on the bottom there, I can't have forgotten her name, Thandini, yeah. She's uh, an elderly lady, but we prayed and prophesied for her, and she, there was something about her that was kind of that kind of wisdom and strength for the church, and that she was somewhere people would go to. Go to. She was probably one of the oldest ladies there quite a long way. But there was a real genuine heart and energy in her, which was God-given. Um, lady in the middle is called Julie. Oh, no, it's not. Sorry. It's Priscilla. <laughs> um, she, she's got to be George's equivalent to Julie Webster. Sorry, is Julie here? Oh, that's a shame. Okay, she has to be. She's got a real passion for children. And uh, she's joining this club where she started this... Um, out-of-school tuition service. And she says, I get these children, children from really bad backgrounds. The school think they've got no chance or no opportunity. But she says, it's just their home situation. She says, there's so much potential in them. She says, I get them in and I panel beat them. She says, I panel beat these children. And um, you thought, what do you mean? It was just a phrase she was using. You know, that's what you do to a car when you're trying to bang the, the doors out. And, uh, but I said, she's Julie. You know, she's carrying that heart, she carries that energy, she carried that insight and that ability to, to really take these children's on. And, and people are queuing up to get into a school because she's doing this amazing, amazing job. Um, and the other guys, they're just the cool dudes. I just want you to know they're not all old people at George's Church. And uh, just uh, this particular guy, this one here, he does worship. And I tell you, when you say dance, we mean dance. I mean, I... I just don't know how they do it, really, some of them. Uh, it's a full workout every night in quite a phenomenal way. And 
that's just just unbelievable. Okay, what's next? Big Falls, yeah. Now, it wasn't all work. And after we'd been to Bulawayo, um, Harriet had managed to organise through a, a family of hers, a friends, friends of her family, um, a superb trip up to Victoria Falls um, and then on to, on to a game safari. And we were so well looked after. In terms of God's hand, the company, you know, you're a bit wild. You go to Zimbabwe, you never quite know what you're going to get. But they were just amazingly caring, supporting, sensible, organised, um, everything was on time. I've never known anybody. <laughs> he turned up five minutes early once. And it was just, it was just a, a quite a, an amazing provision of God. Now, Martin and I were quite confident. We've been to Vic Falls, and the tour guide says, look, when you go, you need to take with you um, waterproofs. And um, we said, no, we've been... I mean, Martin had been nine times. We've been three times. And we'd seen all these Japanese people walking around, tourists in, in water, and just look at, you know, being conned into buying these things. And we thought, we don't need those. What we'd forgotten is that we went in August, and this was April. <laughs> and I tell you... <laughs> Martin gave up before I did, <laughs> but, um, but we came back. You can just see how wet those that stayed actually went. And that was just walking around, just walking around the paths. There's just so much um, moisture and, and rain in the atmosphere. And then we went into Botswana, which was, and God's provision is just amazing. Because um, you never know what you're going to see on safari. But we got to see giraffe, keep going, and elephants, and crocodile, and buffalo, and hippo. Um, you'd have to talk to Martin if you want to see pictures of the zebra. And we saw African dogs, which are extremely rare. We saw monitor lizards and a huge variety of birds. And again, it was just that sense of God just blessing us because we might have gone. We'd been right through the day, and we thought oh, we've not seen we've not seen um, zebra. And we came just near to the end, and suddenly this whole herd of zebra appears. And uh, it's just, just the little things, you know. They're just little things to make you think, God's there. God's looking after us. And, and this is fun, you know. It's an adventure, and it's fun. Um, I have to say that uh, when uh, you get invited to do a conference at a church in Africa, that is not what they expect to be doing. Um, and it does kind of have an impact, even in the kind of style of delivery, in, in looking at ways of communicating. And, and what Anne did for us, we took hearing a bit more from Anne a bit later, but in terms of bringing that, that interactive, effective style, different ways of communicating and using drama, um, had a big impact. In fact, one of the guys in Harare um, has now got it in his Dulos targets. And uh, what he's going to be doing is actually looking at ways, doing the Jamie, and looking at ways of getting hold of what's being shared and turning it into some kind of looking at ways in which it can be creatively communicated in the meeting. So something else that was imparted, something else we took with us, was different ways of engaging and communicating with what God is saying. It doesn't need to be all preached at you, but there are ways of interacting which are different. Um, what we're going to do now, we've got a couple of people we thought it would be good to get a little bit more in-depth interview of some of the people that went. So we're going to start with Alan. Now, Alan, um, when first Alan kind of... Alan used to often, because he's in our group, development group, and he kind of pops on in our house occasionally for cups of coffee and cups of tea when he's in the area. And one Sunday afternoon, there was a knock at the door, and there was Alan on the doorstep with his bike. 
And um, I said to her, oh, hello, Alan. Uh, you know we've got the Zimbabwe meeting now, don't you? And Alan says, yeah, I'm here for the meeting. <laughs> and uh, we'd actually made a very conscious effort in our group not to tell anybody. We actually felt very strongly that we wouldn't. They didn't even, he didn't even know we were going. Well, he did at that point. But at that point, up to that point, he hadn't known that we were going. And um, God obviously dropped something in, in your heart yes. to come to Zimbabwe. Um, Tell us a little bit more. Okay. You, you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, when we'd come back, we'd seen Victoria Falls, and we came back for a, a lovely meal in this sort of open-air restaurant, and the proprietor, he came in, he was serving us, lovely guy, and I says, oh, I love that top you got on. It was really vivid colours, and I really admired his top. So anyway, we went on to have a lovely meal and finished. And when we were about to leave, I think it was Martin and, and Richard said, I think the proprietor went, wants to speak to you or talk to you. So he came back and he had this black T-shirt on and he had this T-shirt which he handed to me. And it really cracked me up. There was, he wasn't part of our group or anything. It was just the proprietor there. And the love which he gave it, and I think it was God just loving me, giving me this lovely T-shirt. I think, I think that was part of, I kind of picked up prophetically, how God was just surprises. Yeah. You know, there's things we're looking, it wasn't just basic provision, but there was something extra that God had, had, to, had for us when we were on that team. And, and that was an expression of that. It was totally unexpected. We don't even know if this guy was following Jesus. Um, he just decided in response to Alan that he saw that he, that he would do this. What were your other highlights on the trip? Remind me. Um, well, you did, talk, you did talk, we've already talked about one of them, but they talked about the healing. About the healing? Oh, which I'd already mentioned. That was um, truly amazing. Because I'm always wary to come up the front on a Sunday morning because I think, let someone else pray, more chance of something happening. Um, but I was put on the spot. Jane said, pray. And I prayed and Rosemary was delivered from this pain. And the guy's blood pressure went down and I thank God for that. And it just encouraged me in faith. So you wouldn't do that at home? You've not done that here? I haven't done it at home. No. (laughs) I might consider it now. (laughs) But now kind of God's giving you the opportunity. Now what about the flying? Now years ago, you were stuck indoors. You couldn't even go out of the house. And um, even though you'd done short flights, you were a bit anxious about about flying these long distances and being so far away from home. You can't pop back when you're 5,000 miles away from home. How did you find that? It was amazing. I'd, I'd, I'd really said to God before I go, Lord, you know, you know these airplane flights, and there was five of them in the fortnight. One was for ten and a half hours. I said, I'd really like to enjoy them, and I did. <laughs> and I, know I got on one plane at one time and said to Richard, really, really cocky, that's just like getting on a bus, really, isn't it? <laughs> and, and what about when we were coming into land after the Vic Falls fight? There was a guy sitting next to you, wasn't there? Do you remember? <laughs> oh, yes, this lovely elderly gentleman sitting near the window. And as we were coming in, the plane was wobbling. And I hadn't realised, I said, oh, don't worry about it, it's only a little bit of turbulence. <laughs> so um, he, there he was reassuring the bloke next to him who was his first flight that everything's going to be fine there's nothing to worry about um how did you find life on the team 
Oh, it was great. Just we were a team. It wasn't one person doing it, and we just sort of flowed together, supported each other. When there was a, a dicky tummy, then everyone got in there and prayed and and everything, and we all looked after each other. And I've just grown closer to all these lovely guys. I love them all much more. Um, what about challenges? Did you find anything at any time when it was difficult? Yeah. The big challenge came really early on. After flying for ten and a half hours, we actually got to Willow Park, was our first stop. And I hadn't really been to sleep for well over 30 hours, so I felt tired. So we were all going to have a little nap. And I must have gone into a really, really deep sleep. And I think Martin said, it's nearly six o'clock. And as I woke... Oh, it's such an awful feeling in my head that I really wasn't awake. I didn't know where I was, and I felt sick. Um, and Richard wanted to introduce everybody. It was our first, first um, to the team there. And I thought, I can't do this. I feel so bad. It was awful, and I just almost screamed out to God. And I said, God, please speak to me. <laughs> and as clearly as anything, he said, get up and go. And I went, and I started arguing with God. And within two minutes, Martin came in the door and said, Richard said, do you think you could make it anyway? Over. So feeling awful, I did. And I went. And by the end of the evening, I was jumping up and down, praising God and enjoying myself. And that was a challenge. And I had to follow through. Yeah, it was a challenge to hear God. And hang on, one more. Um, <laughs> it was a challenge to hear God in that situation. By the way, I just want to point out that I don't tell people off. I do encourage them to do things. <laughs> but he said I told him off earlier. I didn't even speak to him about it. Somebody else did it on my behalf, so I need to find out who that was. Okay. Um, finally, if someone here, if we've got teams going out, there'll be others, kind of senses God saying to them, you know, getting that little nudge, maybe you should be going on this team, but they're not sure about it. What would you say to them? If God gives you a nudge, follow it up because there's good things ahead. I'll end it. Yes, good. Okay. Um, so, when after being at Willow Park for two days, started to feel unwell with a sore throat, and. Um, yeah, just like flu-like symptoms and feeling really tired. So um, the team were praying for me. I was taking medications and just trying to get through doing the workshops. Um, and then so that was kind of two days of that. I had to miss one, one activity, but um, didn't really miss much. So that night, um, in the middle of the night, so we were in a hut six six women sharing, very close quarters with a joined bathroom, I started to feel sick. So I was up vomiting in the night. But I was really thankful that I didn't really disturb the rest of the um, people in the room. And between vomiting, I could... <laughs> yeah, and so were they. Um, and between vomiting, I could sleep and get rest. Um, so I was like, okay. So I knew people were praying for me. And I thought, okay, you know, I want to be well so I can take part in everything in the trip. And then um, next we travelled to Victoria Falls and um, felt, you know, still unwell along the way. And then that evening, that night, in the early hours of the morning, I woke up feeling ill and was like, had vomiting and diarrhoea as well. <laughs> and um, Richard and Sue came to pray for me and also um, I knew people back home were praying for me. 
Um, and I had a decision of whether to go on the boat ride, safari boat ride. And I just remembered that I'd been to the ministry training on healing um, the week before. And we'd spoken about, you know, God's heart is to heal. Um, but even if you're not healed, he's still good. And it is his heart to heal. We just don't understand why. So that was in my head. So um, we, I decided to go on the boat ride and I didn't feel well. Um, but just in the illness, um, I just felt God's love from the team, how they treated me looking after me from the tour guide. So at the border crossing to Botswana, they, I didn't have to queue with my passport. They'll take me from vehicle to vehicle. There were toilets in handy places. Um, and they just really showed a love and a care that I just felt God's love in that, in being ill. Um, so I think, yeah, I'm, really, I'm just really thankful for that. So we got on the boat and I, you know, wasn't throwing off or anything anymore, but still felt some stomach pains and felt I needed to lie down on the floor of the boat. Um, there were other people on the boat who thought, what, what is wrong with that person, I'm sure. But um, just, I was, they were able to put something down to make it dry and I could lie down and sleep and I felt better lying down. And at one point I woke up and looked over, I was like, oh, there's an elephant, rolled over and went back to sleep. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, you know, just really felt God's love in it and I just, I know his goodness, and it wasn't about me being healed or not being healed, and I was still able to see the animals on the safari later. Um, and then the next, we were at, um, in Harare and um, at uh, Zessa, and then the next night, I, I decided to like wash my hair and plait it, and basically I couldn't sleep because of the hairstyle I'd done, which sounds really silly. So I didn't get any sleep that night. And then um, I like woke up really early before my alarm, and I just felt a supernatural energy. So from about 6 in the morning till 11 o'clock that night, I just had a supernatural energy, was acting more and giving myself a bad reputation, um, <laughs> and um, just taking part in everything we were doing. So, and I just knew it was God who had given that to me because I had not had sleep. I'd been unwell still. And, yeah, so I'm just really thankful for God in that. Also, um, lastly, um, when we were in Harare, God, we're going to speak about it, but God um, kind of we used Richard to speak about upside down and seeing God in bad circumstances. And at that point, God reminded me about a previous trip I'd been to about four, well, five years ago to Kenya, where lots of things had gone wrong. And um, I'd kind of thought, God, you've abandoned me in this and just came back from the trip really blaming God and um, spiritually worse off. But God just reminded me that he was, he was there in that trip. And actually now I can see his goodness in this trip being unwell. And it was just a real eye-opener to me. And I'm just really thankful to God for his goodness in all circumstances and his mercies that I just know them to be true. So, yeah. And thank you for everyone's prayer. <laughs> so, as Jane said, after Vic Falls, we were all in Harare together. Um, and to start with the first two days, we just met with the leaders uh, of Lawrence's church. Um, he said that there could have been loads of people there, but he chose just a few that he thought were really key people that he wanted to hear what we were saying. 
And they were so hungry for what we were bringing and what we had to share with them. They had so many questions. They were asking all the time about different things that we'd said that it was really just a, a privilege to be there and to be able to share all the things that we could from home. And you guys are very much a part of that because we shared a lot of stories from here. And um, so it was very much us sharing as a whole church with them and inputting to them. Um, it was very interactive, very fun. We had a lot of laughs together. And um, we do have a video. I don't know if you've got time to show it. What do you think? <laughs> okay, so we have a, a video where we did an interactive drama with them and um, had a bit of fun. But it was a really good time, and we had a really good time praying with them as well. Some of them had said they'd never, although they'd caught stuff from God before, they'd never really shared it with each other, for each other. And there was one woman in particular who said she'd often heard things from God for other people and, but hadn't felt confident to speak them out. And during this session, she was able to do that, and she spoke out and gave prophecy for different people. So that was really encouraging. So we did a lot of interactive stuff, a lot of drama, and Anne is going to share with us something about that. So I'm going to interview Anne, apparently. Right. So before you went on the trip, what did you think you wanted to get out of it? I wanted to have more confidence. More confidence. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so while you were out there, what, what sort of happened? Have you got any examples of sort of things that you found yourself doing, maybe? Um, so there are a couple of couple of different things. So the, the, um, Sheila had a word before before we went about the fact there would be two people who would who would carry on the, the things that that, um, uh, that I was doing with people, and um, uh, right on the last day when we got to the last goodbye coffee break, there was only one person who was clearly the, the person. So having that sense of faith and confidence that God had said it, so there would be somebody else. Um, which there was, and they were very, very excited about the, the, the drama. Um, and uh, also, um, naturally, I want to do everything very perfect. I actually spend a lot of time, I, the, 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 a lot of things that look very chaotic. There's been a lot of thought and effort and time gone into actually making them happen, but actually being relaxed with that and trusting God that he would do what he was going to do and actually, um, yeah, it would all work. Good. And then there was a little thing when you came back, you went to group, didn't you, on the Tuesday night? Yeah, I went to group on Tuesday night and um, somebody said to me about me seeming more confident and that reminded me of what I'd actually been asking God for at the beginning, which is quite amazing. I think I, even I've noticed it this morning, Anne's up here, just off she goes, really confident. So one of the things that you were doing out there was um, family learning, wasn't it? Do you want to give us, just tell us about family learning? Yeah, so the family learning that we did, um, we used the Punchinello story that lots of us know in the church. We've used it with the children and the youth and um, uh, certainly in my house group. Um, and we basically had the whole church, about 120 people um, in a, a very cramped space, playing games as a family, um, creating puppets and um, then using them in a storytelling. And they um, uh, wrote down the things, that, that, that the negative things that, that 
people had said about them and destroyed those. And we also did some catching from God, which, which fitted in with um, when people recorded those things and had them to take away. And it was such a good time and just really exciting seeing everybody working together. One of the women said that when it started off, she thought she was just doing a nice thing for her child. And then when we started to talk about how people label us, that she realized that this was something really for her too. Um, and I've already had an email for one of those people as well who's saying how because with family learning when you make something and you take it home it reminds you of the thing and it allows the children to initiate kind of um, doing that, those things again at home and the email says how excited they are because they keep retelling the story and the, the, the child keeps initiating at home the things that they've learned on the conference which is just incredibly exciting. Just going to add on to that. <clears throat> on the Sunday night, I, I met a couple of friends that we used to stay with, and I showed them one of the pictures of the parents colouring in those puppets with the children. And they said that they'd been working with rural churches for 20-odd years, and they'd, they were still looking to see that level of interaction between parents and children as a family doing stuff together. So I just think what Anne was doing was really very significant, and I think we'll hear a lot more about that going forward. Rich. Is it you? I don't know. Uh, Susan. Right, so this is Susan. Uh, Susan, tell us, why did you go? <coughs> um, well, I've been in the church 35 years, and um, I've never been on a team, and my daughter's been on three. <laughs> so I thought, when I was looking at the um, information in the newsletter, I usually just look and think, mm, okay, that looks all right. But this time I thought, oh, I could go. And I had a different attitude, a change of mindset, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, what did you feel like before you went? Well, um, I felt very apprehensive because I sort of put my name down and then I thought, oh, <laughs> that means I've got to, you know, do whatever God wants. So I felt very... <laughs> Very apprehensive, which at work they were uh, kept saying, what's the matter with you this week? <laughs> yeah, I was a bit, um, what did they say? A brat, they said I was. <laughs> anyway, I went, asked for somebody to pray with me and uh, I felt a lot better and more peaceful after that. Okay, so we've seen a few photographs with Susan in there. Um, actually, when you got there, Susan, what did you find yourself doing? Well... I um, always hated doing drama, but I seem to be <laughs> managing to be in dramas. And uh, um, I like doing puppet shows, so that was nice, doing puppet shows. Um, and just being available for God to speak through me in pictures and yeah. words and things like that, which, Cause, cause yeah. yeah. You'd not really done that before, had you? No. In fact... In all the years in our group, um, it's only the last month that Susan's ever found that she could bring a word for somebody. But suddenly... Um, well, um, we prayed for quite a lot of people there. And I, and I was sort of thinking, oh, you know, I need to have a picture or something. But it was more being open to um, letting God use me. Yeah. Great. Terrific. So now you're home. How has it impacted you and what... What way are you different, do you think? Uh, well, um, I think um, 
we went to help people there, obviously, did what God wanted, but I don't think any of us came away without it impacting us. Um, um, as I said before, the real serving heart of people was very, um, really impacted me. And also, when I was listening to the teaching, um, God was talking to me uh, through it, which is nice to hear all again. Um, so I feel like I've got quite a thing, few things God's said to me that I'm going to express to my house group particularly. Um, and because uh, we were talking about development groups um, and I feel more confident and where I would have been a bit passive before and not saying something I think I'll be more confident to express what I think God's saying <laughs> so look out the rest of you <laughs> just in conclusion I want to pick up the point that Claire was making is that what we took was who we are you know it wasn't that we were going up there and just just being kind of out there missionaries we were just taking lifeline with us and one of the key things which i think is just an interesting illustration of that is the word that we felt god had called us to bring was a word of hope and um i had a quick conversation with jamie and probably in 30 seconds he says oh you could use some stories from the upside down book and uh, so i read it on the plane and again um, just in case you think I've not read it. And um, there was um, two things came through. One was that sense of thanksgiving. And the second one is not becoming angry or bitter. And really I was able to share on that basis using our stories there in Zimbabwe um, in terms of what God had done here as illustrations of what God could do there. And it had really quite a powerful impact in terms of response. And we had a, our last session was, you know, sometimes um, you take a punt, something I'd been talking to Hans about, about risking it, you know, just stepping out when God's not giving you anything. And uh, we decided we'd just do a celebration time and um, have fun together. And we ended up with, um, you got the last slide, I ended up with doing um, people queuing up, just like we do here, to give testimony. And uh, there was one lady who expressed how she'd had a hysterectomy many years ago. She had three children, and she'd always been bitter to God about that. And God had shown her during that time, um, partly through testimony, also Martin brought testimony, that she needed to be focusing on the things that God had given her and not focusing on the things that she hadn't got. And, and that became a theme, really, in terms of, of what God was doing. God was doing. There should be a... Is that, that slide I want? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, some final pictures from um, Shit and Greaser from Lawrence's church. Um, this lady in the corner, bottom left, is called Ellen. She's the one that, when we were at Zessa, she was at the leadership conference, who for the first time began to actually hear God and speak God's word. And she spoke it in a small group. And then later we were praying and praying for Lawrence and Portia, and she prophesied again over them, shared something that God had given to them. And, and she gave testimony, really, of just how much the love of God had touched her. Um, she said that, you know, she, we've had other visits, but this time with this team, something had impacted her in terms of, of, of something fresh, of the power of God in her own life and the love of God for her. And, and actually, Lawrence has since forwarded me a, a WhatsApp that she sent to him, um, saying where she, she just really looked at my life 
I need to go look complete fresh at where I'm going with my life. And I think Ellen could be a key person. person in, in the middle between Ellen and myself is her father, who, again, shared testimony and got a real heart for, for who God is and, and, and in terms of um, had a real impact on us, really, in terms of his expression of love for God. And that bottom picture, to me, that kind of expresses what's already there in terms of God's heart for children in that community. That little boy was, was just pushing that chair around the front of the meeting for about five minutes before somebody came and, and, and rescued him. And, but it wasn't a problem. You know, in some places, children are seen and not heard, but this little boy was totally free, and, and finally someone came and they were just enjoying him being there. It was a place where children are enjoyed, and I think there was a real heart joining with what God is doing in that church. Um, when I've been on teams before, you know, the, the circumstances are not easy, and you want to come home. I didn't want to come home. We didn't want to come home. I still want to be back there now. There, there was such a, a joining. I want to be part of what God is doing in that place. I want to be there alongside Lawrence, looking at the adventure of what God is taking him on with his church in seeing the kingdom of God established there. So it was an amazing time. Thank you ever so much for your prayers. We couldn't have done what we did without you guys standing there um, and being there for us. Thank you for sending us. And we hope that certainly the investment that God's put in us as a team while we've been away will come back and enrich what God is doing here.